This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello, welcome to the special Saturday edition of Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Fraser Nelson and Katie Balls. Uh, the subject of today's podcast is Boris Johnson's resignation on this list. Uh, Katie, tell us why this is in the news again. So we reported in The Spectator back in January that this list was a cause of great anxiety amongst some uh, in government, some in the civil servant, uh, some who work for Rishi Sunak in terms of the names that Boris Johnson is going to put forward. And I think I was the first to report at the time that the original list had over 100 names on it. At the time, I had Tory MPs who were worried it'd be a who's who of ultimately Boris Johnson cronies, family members. And we had the Times reporting this week that Stanley Johnson is being put forward for knighthood. Now, the development by the end of the week is that the Cabinet Office, which vets the OBs, knighthoods, those appointments, has ultimately uh, told Boris Johnson he has to reduce this list. So we're now looking from uh, around 100 to something much more modest in terms of under 60. <laughs> I think this is probably slightly over what Theresa May and David Cameron did. So that would take some of the sting out of it. But I think it still has the potential to be a political headache for Rishi Sunak. Now, ultimately, the period just has to be vetted by one body and then the rest of the answers goes through the cabinet office but it is finally when it does reach number 10 which is not done yet because the vetting hasn't taken place it would be the decision of the prime minister to nod it through and convention would say that he will but it does mean that you can have a Tory steeds row in which Rishi Sunak is viewed as complicit. Fraser should Rishi Sunak block Boris Johnson's on his list? I think you should certainly tone it down. I think the problem is that but these have always been, to my mind, a disgraceful, indefensible part of the British system. I think honours do have a place in our society and they ought to be used to honour honourable people. When you look at somebody on his way out, a politician's got nothing to lose, so he doesn't really mind the mockery. Like, take David Cameron, for example. I mean, nothing demeans David Cameron more than the way which he left office. Next thing you know, he's giving honours to like everybody and like the person who did Sam Cam's hair. Of course, you've got and the most notorious one, perhaps, was 1976 with you know, Harold Wilson's notorious Lavender List, which honoured his resignation honours. He was honouring a whole bunch of sort of bizarre businessmen, including, um, <laughs> you know, like fraudsters who were later convicted and other people. It was So that, again, brought huge dishonour. And you'd think after almost 50 years of resignation honours disgracing the British system, we might have dialed them down by now. But Boris Johnson is defined by the fact that he really doesn't care what other people think in that regard. He is more defined by the fact that he likes to reward those close to him. So when he comes to ennobling people, uh, rewarding his friends, he wouldn't mind. Uh, he's already ennobled his brother, Joe. He wants to you know, knight his father, Stanley. And you can imagine the other sorts of you know, would-be donors, people who've done him a favour. We, we know what we're reading over the controversy over Richard Sharp, the BBC chairman, who helped coordinate this uh, loan for doing up his house and ended up in the, in the chairmanship of the, of the BBC. So Rishi Sunak is trying to get away from these scandals, but they will haunt him. And that's before we've even touched on this trust's resignation honours, just why you should qualify for that after how many days was it, James? You don't, you 49. Sorry? 49. How many days would you spend writing the book? 64. Okay. Time well spent? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. But, but Katie, and I don't think I'll be on the honest list, what is the update on that one as well? Because obviously Boris is just one of the two prime ministers we've got. I mean, do, are we expecting Liz Trust to also put forward an honours list? 
I think it's yet to be completely confirmed, but there's been a divide, I think, amongst those around Liz Trust with some thinking, I want to be on the honours list. And I was saying it would be a bad move for Liz Trust to put forward an honours list because of the short length and the terms of her premiership. I think that where you could end up is an honours list that was just pretty slim, much slimmer than Boris Johnson's even revised list. And the honours are to do with local heroes or charity figures more than they are people who worked in that very, very brief and very chaotic number 10 administration. So I think we could see something like that when it comes to that on his list. And I think there's a question when it comes to what happens with Boris Johnson's, which is if it is reduced now to around 60, this might not be such an issue because I think, but I still think depending on the names in it, there could be plenty of sting left. So there's lots of reports. I mean, there's Stanley Johnson, Paul Dacre. You also have the Tory MPs who nominated for peerages and questions about uh, what would that mean in terms of convention? If you have a situation where can they defer their peerages? It's not really been done before, but if you can't defer your peerage and you're ready and you immediately enter the upper house, that would suggest by-elections. I think I've spoken to pretty loyal supporters of Boris Johnson who think that, you know, as much as they back Boris Johnson, that is just not on to really gift, you know, your successor or successor one after. And if you look at the polls with a 20 point consistent lead, you are effectively reducing the Tory majority and creating lots of problems. So I think that's that's one thing. And then I wonder if the names are controversial, you could have a situation whereby I think it would be tricky for Rishi Sunak to veto this list just for party management reasons. As much as it might get you bad press, the idea of saying to someone who actually won on a mandate, you can't have your honours list, you know, and then I just think is a no-go for a few reasons. One thing he could potentially do is nod it through as you would expect, but then propose to reform the honour system himself. Because we know one of the dividing lines between Labour and the Tories is effectively Keir Starmer saying, I'm going to reform the House of Lords. I'm going to do all these things. Look how Tory sleaze dominates. And he's trying to drag down Rishi Sunak by you know, bringing up things of the past with, with previous leaders. So could Rishi Sunak turn the page by saying, here's my own plan for honours going forward? Now, there might be a nice idea for Rishi Sunak's brand, but of course the con of that is patronage is something which is a very useful tool to any government. And if you limit the number of peerages or honours you can promise people, you limit the things that you can, <laughs> the methods in which you might get people to be on side. There was an interesting report at the Sunday Times as well uh, this weekend about how Rishi Sunak was apparently considering Lord's reform as an issue. Katie, I read that slightly cynically in the sense of we're going to have this big bill going through the illegal migration. Isn't this in a way of saying to your lordship, go along with it, otherwise you might start tinkering with the uh, reform of the upper house? Yeah, I mean, I think it could be a little bit of that. I think if you look at, for some public polling on Lord's reform, it's a really popular policy by Keir Starmer. It's obviously the criticism is it's practically very difficult. It will take up loads of time and does actually reforming the Lords affect your average person's life by very much at all? Not really. So should that be where your energy goes? But the idea of it and the idea of cracking down on these things is very popular. And I think for a leader, Boris Johnson obviously in the end did not proved to be scandal proof but for a leader who lots of these things would bounce off you'd almost brazen these things out a bit more whereas I think Rishi Sunak and what he has going for him is almost you know being very polite and organized and seeming you know if you look at polling groups it seems, it seems like a decent man and therefore I think reform of these things could be something they would go for but it is just racked with difficulty because you limit what you yourself can do. Fraser, isn't this just sort of one example emblematic of the difficulties Rishi Sunak has with Boris Johnson's legacy? And that he's having to actually deal with a lot of these problems, a lot of time consuming issues, whether that's on policy or personality. It's things with what Boris Johnson would, would have wanted to do and dealing with his legacy, perhaps. 
I'm not so sure. I think the resignation list will remind everybody about the problems of Boris Johnson, really. The, the sloppiness, the cronyism, the unprofessionalism. I would be amazed if his list, even the smaller down version, is anything less than a scandal. And upon that news, I think the Tory party is likely to think, this is what we saved ourselves from. Right? I mean, there isn't, I don't think there is very much of it if Boris were to only to come back constituency out there. I mean, he right now is the bookie's favourite to succeed Rishi Sunak, but I just cannot see that happening, really. And I think that Sunak is trying to contrast his achievements with Boris's bluster. That's the way that Sunak sees it. So you've got the, the deal in France yesterday. You've got the Windsor agreements over the Northern Ireland Protocol. And you've got the various other... And Scotland, of course, and Sunak's now thinking of a union safer than any time since 2007. And then Monday, he's flying off to San Diego to do the Australian um, nuclear submarine deal. So I think if what he'll try to manage it by contrasting his sort of quiet progress with the ongoing after effects of the Boris bomb, which, you know, which could have had he run Britain as well as he ran the spectator, things would have turned out very, very differently. Yeah, I, I agree with Fraser in the sense I think there's lots of Boris Johnson legacy issues, which, yes, they can hurt Rishi Sunak, but I do think there's just reminding Tory MPs right. of the baggage that comes of returning this person. <laughs> and you see a little bit on Privileges Committee, and yes, Boris Johnson's allies are getting behind the Sue Gray appointment to try and reduce the importance of the Partygate report, cast doubt over it, and therefore plant sees a discontent over the general investigation, which could in theory lead to suspension that leads to a by-election for Boris Johnson. I think when we see this list, I mean, I think some of the people, you know, when you speak to figures who perhaps have seen this or have a sense of the names on this list, it's not just, you know, uh, Boris Johnson's father. You've got people who worked in Downing Street during Partygate. I think they could get honoured. I think that could be something which creates a problem. I, I'm not sure Stanley Johnson will be the most controversial name on the list. I, I think we could have quite a few to pick from. Darius Guppy, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> For example... Martin Reynolds, is he going to be on this list? Party Marty, that's someone who had to step down from the role, sent the infamous outdoor bring your own booze email. There's lots of figures that could feature that would be pretty controversial. And you potentially have a situation where they remind us of the various different Boris Johnson scandals, as as opposed to just being one. And then, of course, there's reports about, you know, Paul Dacre and potentially other newspaper editors making the list. And of course, if only about six in 10 are making it, one wonders what the other 40% that don't make it might go around saying or doing. I remember in January when I wrote about this for the Spectator cover piece, making the point that there were at least three Tory MPs I was reliably told who were very worried that perhaps Boris Johnson's promises to them were not (laughs) everything that they thought them to be. Strange things happen. And therefore that they could be, they might not actually be on the list after all. And there was some talk about, well, perhaps we can get on Liz Truss's list instead. Now, I think for the reasons we said, that's quite difficult to do, but that was a conversation in January. Now, if Boris Johnson's having to shave off around 40 names off these lists, and I think some of them will date further back to City Hall days, but you'd imagine that... (laughs) has the potential to affect some sitting MPs, also just general Boris Johnson backers. I think that's going to create some unhappiness. And again, it could go slightly back to the point of, do they really want to get behind someone who is not quite delivering the way they had hoped? We'll wait to see. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots.